Welcome back to the Mechanical Freak Podcast, broadcasting live from Seattle, the butthole of the universe where neoliberalism spews out all over this beautiful country, straight up into the jet stream, flying all over the rest of the country. Uh, I'm here with Greg. Munya can join us today because he's too busy starring in the new remake, I believe the third now remake of Ski Patrol. So he was not able to make it today. <laughs> How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing good, Brian. <laughs> oh, good, good. Well, yesterday, both me and Greg, we got together and we did what we do every year this time of year. We watched the Grammys in order to receive satanic messaging from the singers. And uh, it paid off this year. Greg, are you at all familiar with uh, the the new the new panic in conservative land about about the Grammys? I did see a clip of a very corny, like seventies network television level, like song and dance number with like in, with red sequins and horns and shit happening, and. I did get the sense that um, it was uh, generating some level of a panic. Yes. I, <laughs> beyond that, I don't know. Yeah, the funniest tweet of this was uh, from Liz Wheeler, who just wrote, don't fight the culture wars, they say. Meanwhile, demons are teaching your kids to worship Satan. I could throw up. Kevin Sorbo joined in at one point as well. Uh, very nice. concerned about all of this. Uh, from the video, I mean, I thought it was like James Corden doing some sort of bit. But it turns out just some other English guy named Sam Smith, which brings us to the real problem. Uh, musicians these days, their names suck. Do better, guys. Sam Smith, come on, get out yeah, of here with sir, that shit. That's, that's, that's awful. just a guy. Are there like not PR departments anymore? Are there like nobody to to help them with this stuff? <laughs> no, it, you know, it's probably because they're all too like rich and famous to have uh, stage names. You know what I mean? Like their families are so wealthy that they can't like. Uh, take on another name, you know, because they already are someone important. So just like psychologically, like mm-hmm. it doesn't work. If you're just some nobody and a record label comes to you and is like, look, pick from this list of cool names, you fucking loser. You're like, <laughs> damn, I get to be a new person. But like if you're like, like, you know, raised in a castle and, you know, what you picked out of a hat was what type of media career you wanted to have, uh, you know, as but you've been told your whole life, you, Sam Smith, are going to be a famous uh, something, whatever you want. Um, and let's start working on that. That's the image you have in your head. You can't just then like change that, you know. Well, I like to think that he showed up at the record label with this demo. They, of course, loved it. And they're like, what do you call yourself? And he leaned back and like arching his you know fingers, right, clasping them together was like, Oh, you can call me Bill Z Bub. And they were just like, nah, let's go with Sam Smith. I think that's, I think this is the name change, right? <laughs> that here. would be great if that was the change. Yeah. <laughs> so the devil came down to the Grammys and apparently and played a mediocre pop song. Yeah. It didn't, uh, it didn't uh, really blow my skirt up. Um, and somebody, uh, okay. I mean, yeah, classic. It's that we're having, you know, it's that type of moment, you know. <laughs> you know, cynicism is dead. Earnestness is back. And that means believing in shit. And if you're a Christian conservative, that means like, really, we all have given by being earnest in the broader dominant liberal 
gay Satanist culture by being earnest, we, we've really given permission to your evangelical, like, millenarian psychos to also be earnest and not feel, um, you know, embarrassed about it. Yeah. Uh, uh. And because that's the cultural moment we're having, you know, they can just come out and say, yeah, I, I look at this and I see literally uh, the spirit realm at war. You know, I see uh, the devil himself actually, you know, entrapping, grooming our children through uh, pop artists, um, actual demon possession coming through the television uh, like in Halloween three. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Uh, no, I, I think that uh, is exactly what happened. Um in watching the television, I I felt moved. I felt possessed by uh, some sort of evil spirit. That's and... why we love television. We we <laughs> sit there to be possessed. We want the <laughs> demons to come out of the screen, eat our living souls, and take them back over the wires to wherever they came from, and leave us a dead husk, only capable of communing through the television. You know, that's what we want. That's why we love it. Well, and the thing is, I think for, you know, the conservatives who are filling their diapers about this on Sunday night, uh, I mean, we should give a little credit. I mean, they've been a little on edge this week because something else big happened this week, which was there was a balloon in the sky. <laughs> this I got this is such an obvious take and it's so easy, but like I can't. I, it's so. The first. You know, the first thing I saw and heard of like the first headline I saw and like someone tweeting a headline, whether they were serious or like going like get a load of this nonsense, like get a load of this panic. I don't know, but I just saw like the Chinese spy balloon sighted over America and the the entire truth of it came to me instantly and I never doubted it, didn't look into it like it's immediately instantly obvious what the actual story is there which is nothing a weather balloon there's zillions <laughs> of them up there they're going around all the time i mean who gives a shit but and that that it was obviously like you know instrumentalized uh, as a mm -hmm. little you know a nice little tidbit in our our growing neo cold war with china but um interestingly i did Actually, you know, read a little deeper once I saw something saying that the Biden administration had uh, proudly blown it out of the sky. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then saw that, uh, you know, they'd canceled a, 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 a state visit. You know, Blinken was mm -hmm. supposed to go to China, uh, meet with Xi. And then, I, you know, now I'm like, Jesus, like, it's hard to say, like, it, is it? who's wagging the dog here? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. because I didn't follow the beginning of it. Is it a case of like the kind of in the, the lamest possible way, the state department, the Biden administration, like, uh, you know, jumping, flinching because of like a really well executed conservative media panic. That doesn't seem possible or you even something so lame as that, like using it, reactively like that but like or were they always like have they been just waiting for a weather balloon to come over that seems crazy too because it's such an insane batshit thing <laughs> like 
or I guess do they do they plant the idea in does someone plant the idea in conservative media and then they look like they're just reacting, which I guess they don't care. Democrats love to do that, to just jump to the tune of conservative media. So but what they really want was to to cool down, um, you know, their whatever talks they're in with China. Yeah, I mean, I think the Democrats are so hot to be the war party, right? That uh, that you know, a, a little thing like this, a weather balloon floating over and getting caught up on conservative media, is enough for them to be like, no, we have to now like pivot and change because and change well, because they want to, yeah. because they want to. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. they want to, right? Yeah, they're so desperate, like they can't. They're so bad at politics that they they can't actually generate this kind of heat, you know, like deliberately. Like it's mm. imp- like they wouldn't know how. So they just have to ride the waves of conservative bullshit, I guess. Um, you know, because like any, anything that comes that might be any any waves of uh, discontent in the country that might be like justified or good. Like, you know, I don't know, like an uprising against police violence. They know they uh, they're ready to like stomp on. But like, you know. I guess they're just also ready to like see if any conservative panic is something that, you know, they actually really want to, which of course is mm. most of them. So, yeah. And I mean, just it, such it's, a bizarre thing. Yeah. The, the whole thing. I mean, grown adults literally shitting their pants because they saw a balloon in the sky. I mean, the whole it does, thing is like, it just amazing. Like how much, how big a baby do you have to be? <laughs> like I get like people are it's one of these, like, this is such a, I get it. Like, God, this is no news to me that like, Americans are dumber than dog shit. But like, do you really think China is spying on us from a thing you can see with your naked eye in 2023? (laughs) You fucking idiot. (laughs) Weather balloons were basically never used for spying because you can't control them. And if you're going to fly them over an enemy, a large enemy country, you're not going to be able to get it back to get your fucking film out of it. I say film because the only time when this would have ever been considered was like pre 1955. Okay. Like (laughs) this is a ludicrous thing to believe. Like it's certainly been used for military purposes, but uh, you know, sure enough, like I said, I didn't look into it. I saw the, I got the whole thing, a balloon. Oh, some weather balloon. And sure enough, you see the pictures later, you know, once they're shooting out of the sky, it's like, yeah, that's that's what weather balloons have looked like for 100 years or more. <laughs> uh, we, we we haven't anticipated that they might have thought it was a UFO. So there is that as well. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, I mean, the, the story was ludicrous from the beginning. I mean, uh, the closest thing that anybody could find anything sensitive it might have flown over was the ancient Minutemen missile sites that are like in Wyoming <laughs> and stuff. I mean, which is like the Chinese yeah. know where those are. Yeah, yeah, and have like the full spec details and stuff yes. for them that the Soviets gave them in like 1970. You know, but, they have uh, satellites for God's sake. Do people yeah. know this. People well, no, no, know that right, they the have... brilliant response to that was when people pointed out they like under the cloud yeah. cover. Did they well, say like, well, it goes well, under like, the clouds. Uh, people know when the satellites are overhead, and I was like, oh yeah, that's when you move your missile silo. <laughs> you move it out of the way. Well, that's when you switch when the, to the technology the you can see with the naked fucking eye. <laughs> to say nothing of radar. <laughs> so again like, just talking about this makes me feel stupid right because like because the real answer to this is that it's not that um how are you know the americans are so dumb which of course they are but that nobody actually believed this yeah no one well not Greg, any of the people not any of the fox news viewers or whatever other like conservative websites were really pushing this on in the face not the facebook people 
nobody believed this. It was just fun to mm-hmm. talk about. It was just a cool thing you could say, like, check this out. I can get pissed at this. It's something tangible that is out of the ordinary because everyone wants to be a part of uh, bringing about the end of the world. You know, I mean, yeah. Well, I got to say, I mean, people here, you know, people wonder, people always say, people wonder why evangelicals are so into Israel. And then they'll say like, well, you see, yeah, it makes, it's weird because they're, uh, they're all uh, probably uh, deep down anti-Semitic. And then it's really because they think that it's, you know, Israel being, you know, recreated and coming back and eventually rebuilding the temple is what is part of what's prophesied in revelations that will bring about the end times. So it's really, they're excited about this. I mean, the nerds, there's some nerds, you know why they really are into Israel because it's in the Bible and in the real world that they live in. That's it. <laughs> it's a thing that exists. You could even go there. And it's the word Israel is in the Bibles they look at. And that's basically the one thing about that that's true. Okay. That's why they like it. And it's the same thing. It's just like something you can, that's now, that's happening. That you have all these big this worldview and this, this uh, anticipation for the world to be different to end Mm. and be maybe reborn in some way. And it's so distant. And Mm. this thing you can see it's happening right now. I could maybe go out and look at it. Maybe I could shoot a gun at it. I could get pissed at it. That's what it is. (laughs) It's just the the, the tangibleness, the the immediacy of it. You know, I gotta say, I got caught up in the balloon hype at the very beginning uh, but that was just back when we still thought that a young Chinese boy had accidentally climbed into the balloon and uh, floated off. But once we found yeah. out he wasn't actually in the balloon, I, you know, I couldn't be interested in it anymore. Um, you know? Yeah. Bring back balloon boy. <laughs> well, Greg, uh, you said uh, who could believe in this? Let me read you this this uh, little excerpt from The New York Times. This from a piece they put out today called U.S. Navy Divers Work to Recover Debris from Chinese Spy Balloon as Diplomacy Twins. Literally, they're calling it a spy balloon. Yeah, we've all just accepted that this is a they spy do it the, balloon. No, they do it in quotes, right? Spy no, balloon. No, 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 of course not. No, 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 no. We've, we've all fully Incredible. accepted that this is a spy balloon. No need to ask any more questions. So anyways, the funnier part, though, comes about midway through the article where they write, quote, For days before the balloon was shot down, American officials debated various ways of bringing it to Earth, including using a giant net or hook. A senior administration official said on Sunday that in the end, you keep that shit out of the sky. (laughs) U.S. officials concluded that the balloon was so big that firing a missile was the only viable option. So, so hold on, no, no, this one. Both General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin III conveyed the military view that trying to lasso a balloon at 60,000 feet was not a good idea. So this is real Dr. Strange love shit like happening in the Defense Department, apparently. So like like, spy balloons are this real thing, I guess, that apparently exists that that the Chinese and everyone then must really use a real spy technology that people are really doing that actually works. And, uh, the military has to ask questions about how to they don't have a countermeasure <laughs> like they haven't figured out in a hundred years of these type of weather balloons like that have existed that 
I mean, they didn't just start using them for spying. Like that, oh. these things have been around all this time. Like they're just they don't have a countermeasure for this. Give me just a fucking a, break. Just imagine the two hundred billion dollar uh, giant butterfly net we're, that we're gonna have Lockheed Martin build for us for catching balloons in the future. But I I, I love this idea of like there being a situation room and they just have a big picture on the wall. One's just of a butterfly net. The other is of that like hook for pulling people off stage during like vaudeville or whatever yeah yeah the uh and then uh another one is just of a cowboy with a lasso over his head and then i'll sit there and going you know which one of these is our best option boys (laughs) which which one of these can we make work (laughs) oh biden asking do they still have those planes where the people just stand out on the wings on them and we can get a guy with a lasso <laughs> throw it at the balloon. <laughs> I just I just love that in the end they concluded the the balloon's pretty big. Better fire a missile at it. Uh which somebody figured out that that missile was a five hundred thousand dollar missile, you know, flown of course by a multi billion dollar plane. Mean, uh we've always... earned media, Brian, I mean, <laughs> is you know, outweighs that a tenfold at least. They had a guy on Radio Warnerd who proposed a really interesting theory about the uh, sort of Ukraine war where Russia was pivoting to these very inexpensive drones that they essentially are making out of parts that they buy, like, you know, just off of like eBay and stuff. And it's like $50 a drone to build them, right? And you just attach some bombs to them and, and like th- take them in mass into a building. And they're like, the cost, like, part of it is they're really cheap to build, so you can get a lot of them deployed, which is, you know, obviously advantageous of your military. But the real thing is the cost of destroying them is so much more than the drone itself that at some point it becomes a burden to the opponent to have to destroy them. That's what a, I'm getting a, a at. munition sponge, yeah. Yeah, she should just start inflating balloons and floating them over America. If it apparently costs us like three quarters of a million dollars to shoot one of these balloons down, which somebody found one. You could buy the exact balloon they shot down. You could buy on, um, oh, what is it? The uh, the Chinese Amazon, um, whatever Alibaba? the hell it's called. Alibaba, yeah. You could buy it on Alibaba, and it was like $1,200. So, you know, if that's a $1,200 balloon to a three-quarter of a million shoot down, I mean, look, hey. <laughs> it's been harder in the past to make your enemy go bankrupt, right? Statistically, every few balloons that america shoots down you know is it four or five maybe we get 10 before statistically one of those missions results in an f-22 crashing you know <laughs> like so really well, like yeah the missile sure but like you know eventually you're gonna start like actual whole american jets are gonna like start falling out of the sky because we use them you know just oh, yeah, statistically yeah. Yeah, we're starting at three quarters of a million dollars. Yeah, if it's rainy that day as the balloon's coming over, I mean, forget it. You know, you could knock out a whole fleet of F-22s. So, yeah, I mean, just hilarious stuff. I mean, you can't uh, you can't make this shit up. If you put it in a movie, they would say that's too ridiculous. All right. Well, oh, you know what? I forgot to put it in our notes, Greg, but there was one more thing I did want to mention. Apparently, uh, as per a conversation we've had on the show before, the city of Austin, Texas, has been without power for like a week and a half, <laughs> like huge numbers of people. Uh, and it's so bad to the point what that country uh, is Austin, Texas in. <laughs> yeah, right. And people have been posting Ryan video me, of hundreds of people storming the dumpsters behind H-E-B, which H-E-B is just a giant grocery store that kicks ass for those not in the know. Uh, storming the dumpsters behind H-E-B to try and get food because, of course, they haven't had power for <laughs> 
for like a week. So all their food is spoiled and they're just trying to get something. Uh, but yeah, incredible stuff. I mean, what a, what a country to live in, right? The capital of our second biggest state. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess they're learning what life under communism would be like there in Austin. <laughs> Oh, believe you me, that conversation <laughs> has come up. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, cool. Well, from uh, balloons on the East Coast to Austin, back to our beloved Washington, uh, it's voting season. And so the Seattle Times has posted its recommendations, as it's prone to do. And uh, that we had an editorial from them that we wanted to read to y'all. It's uh, Washington lawmakers should pass two bills to add accountability to policing. And we're pretty excited because usually the Seattle Times, you know, they, they're, they're not on our side on the, you know, getting rid of the police, having trials, putting them in camps, uh, you know, plan that we put forward. Uh, I can only assume that's what's in these bills. Uh, well, instead of I it, mean, it would solve some sort of problem. And that's says right here, add of. accountability to policing. So... That's what we that's why we want to have trials. Right. Uh, So, yeah, accountability. Yeah, I'm just glad to see the Seattle Times jumping on board. But uh, let's go ahead and read the editorial here. Yeah. Well, so this is uh, by Joel Merkel, Jr., Harriet Walden and Patricia Hunter, who I believe are the uh, the Seattle uh, or who are part of the Seattle Community Police Commission. Mm -hmm. One of those uh, stalwart bodies who are diligently, doggedly working to uh, abolish the Seattle Police Department. (laughs) All right. So it begins. The disturbing videos depicting a group of Memphis police officers kicking and pummeling Tyree Nichols are excruciating to watch. Kicking and pummeling? (laughs) Does it sound a little cartoon to you? I'd have said savagely beating to death. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, kicking and pummeling. We could come away from this of being like, well, they just had a, a little rowdy brawl or something, <laughs> as opposed to like, uh, a, yeah, a savage murder. Um, that and like, I don't know. Uh, we've also seen SPD run a person over and kill them in that time too, with no accountability or, as far as I can tell, peep from anybody in this city. You know, official anybody in officialdom in this city. Uh, It is unfathomable that the routine traffic stop of an unarmed motorist could have triggered such an extreme response. But what? Not in this country. (laughs) (laughs) Extremely fathomable in this country. Actually, (laughs) and you know they're about to to say that, but like that does kind of undermine that, right? Like, I mean, obviously, what they would say they're trying to say is like humanly unfathomable, but like. Throw that out the fucking window. You're writing an. You're on this the community police commission. You're not talking about human beings. You're talking about cops. Okay, so like, it's very fathomable, which they're about to tell us. Yeah, but what befell Nichols was not at all unusual. Too often, well, it was not all that unusual. Oh, sorry. So there actually, like. They're leading with unfathomable, and then they're like, "But let's actually, but hey, we're going to inform you." Actually. Let's dial that back a little bit. Slightly fathomable. <laughs> Sl- we're fathoming it uh, more and slightly. more. Yeah. More and more all the time. People <laughs> are fathoming. The police are murderers. <laughs> Too often, traffic stops for low-level offenses, which dis- disproportionately involve low-income drivers and people of color, lead to tragic outcomes. 
And there is ample evidence in many of these cases to suggest that some officers behave with a sense of impunity arising from a lack of legal accountability for their actions. Hmm. <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, let's pick that apart here. Like, uh, lead to tragic outcomes. Again, I just said murders. But uh, yeah. uh, there's ample evidence these cases suggest some of these, you know, sen- sen- they have a sense of impunity. Okay, there is ample evidence that offers- officers behave with a sense of impunity arising from a lack of legal accountability. Now, that is the hypothesis here. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's yep. interesting. That's interesting. That that's where the sense of uh, impunity comes from. Let's let's see if they can make that case. To address this, the co-chairs of the Seattle Community Police Commission encouraged the passage of two measures recently introduced in the Washington State Legislature that will go a long way toward rectifying these problems. The first, House Bill 1025, which the CPC supports, tackles a legal doctrine known as qualified immunity, which currently shields individual officers from civil liability for causing injury during their encounters on the job. Qualified immunity has evolved in the federal courts over the past half century and has been upheld in a series of U.S. Supreme Court decisions. Well, you know it's got to be good then. The bill finds that the current lack of an effective legal remedy for people injured by officers, quote, jeopardizes justice for the victims and implies impunity for the violators. If passed, it would make law enforcement officers personally liable in civil lawsuits brought in Washington state courts if they engage in conduct that is unlawful under the state's constitution or laws. So, interesting. Uh, We've certainly talked about qualified immunity. Um, It is a relevant uh, subject here. It is bad. I'm going to suggest that the reason qualified immunity comes up uh, it's come up on this podcast. A lot of people write about it is because uh, it's such a clear and simple example of a mechanism that is used to keep the police above the law. Right. Like. It's easy to say, like, look at this. It's right here. It's right here in the fucking law right here. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. can do whatever they want. They have this impunity. Uh, but ultimately, like, isn't that basically an optics problem? Yeah, like, look, this is relevant. Uh, Qualified immunity is bad, but like, let's not get it twisted here. Police aren't above the fucking law because of qualified immunity. It's the other way around. We police have qualified immunity because of the power of police, the power of police unions uh, and their greed to aggrandize and entrench their existing immunity from all possible consequences and feel really secure in that Mm. and to be rewarded with legislation that affirms that. Um, But it's not like actually necessary for cops to do what cops exist to do, Mm. which is violence. And it was not the origination of police violence in this country or any other. Yeah. Like, it's not where this comes from. So let's just keep that the fuck in mind here. Yeah. And I mean, interestingly, qualified immunity, it's like it it hasn't always been around either. I mean, its origins are in the late 60s and the civil rights movement when cities started to get scared that they, uh, you know, that every one of their police officers might find themselves in court for civil rights violations or being sued for civil rights violations. Right. And they wanted to find some way to squash that. And 
qualified immunity was what they you know landed on but it's not like prior to the 60s it's because the they were, were already doing those going crimes to, yeah yeah they were or they've always been doing all the same shit and it wasn't like police were going to jail back then before qualified immunity existed they just you know so yeah the problem is is unfortunately um deeper than that right so yeah. it's one mechanism that upholds the yeah. status quo but it's just one yeah, and it, you know, and we've already kind of like shown a peek here as to what this sort of bill would do too, which is it only really makes them sort of, you know, it makes them personally liable in civil lawsuits, which again is one of those things of the civil lawsuits basically exist because there is no formal legal structure that yeah. exists to protect you from the police. And so, you know, uh, if you try and point out that the police have violated the law by murdering somebody or something like that, they just laugh in your face. And so civil lawsuits are kind of like all you have uh, if you want to go the court route. But again, I mean, this is already like it, it's slim pickings for, you know, already starving people. Right. right? They're not they're not. They're almost never prosecuted for their many, many yeah. crimes. And like even now if one one of many many bear if they pass this one piece of a massive wall of barriers for you to getting you know any kind of uh justice out of the civil courts yeah. might might be removed you know but like yeah well let's continue well, here and yeah but it has there's more to say all right, HB 1025 would allow officers to argue in their defense that their actions were in compliance with quote a regulation, practice, procedure, policy, or training that was established by the employer or approved or condoned by superior officers. If this defense is proven, the employer, but not the officer, would be independently liable for the injury. All right, so this bill means nothing. So it's the same. Yeah, this is nothing. This is just qualified immunity. This is nothing. It just shifts some (laughs) shit around barely. Like, again, in a system where qualified immunity is just like the cherry on top, okay? It's something we point to. It's something very easy to show people like, look, it literally says this in the law that in all these. And now when you see like cops behaving the way they do, you can see that like this is part of a legal system that is intended to work this way. So that's a bad look at this point. So getting rid of qualified immunity, the, the, the if this opens, if this happens, if they get rid of qualified immunity in Washington state, even if they really actually got rid of it in its actual implications it would be because this particular method of keeping cops above the law like is just a bad look at this point but Mm -hmm. look what they're actually doing is renaming it they'll say look we had this whole bill that repealed qualified immunity and then it'll take a while for what the new system is called to to get a name that sticks you know it's like slightly different immunity Mm mm-hmm it doesn't well, the matter. Thing, the thing is, basically what they're saying is if uh, if the police officer murders you in the process of, quote, doing their job, right, uh, there'll still be no accountability. The problem being, as we've seen in every one of these cases, uh, the police have never thought they aren't doing their job. Yeah. And I think there's a good argument to be made. They are doing their job. Beating that guy to death like the Memphis Police Department did. It's like, yeah, that's kind of their, that's what they're there to do. That's their job. You know, yeah. and, and they're pretty comfortable arguing that, you know. So and right. And there's all kind of they're trained and they're coached to make sure they come in within those policies. And then if you're reading this and you're an idiot and, you know, like nothing, you might say, oh, well, then that will that's that sounds like we're putting the policies of the, these police departments on trial then. And it's like, well, yeah, like like now, like that's your recourse now. Oh. That's 
That's yeah, that's the system now. So you've given them an out, this thing that doesn't matter, like they're just going to always get out of it. It's never going to be um, it's going to be thrown out of court on those grounds. And then you're back to the square one, which is suing the the city, you know, and it's like, well, that's what you can do that now. I mean, you might even get you might even get paid. People do. My God. They fucking pay every fucking municipality in America pays out a shitload of money every year in these civil lawsuits. That's what happens yeah. now. Like, so. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's uh, fairly well established at this point that this has no impact on policing itself. So like when cities pay out millions of dollars a year uh, in civil lawsuits against their own police department, it has not compelled any of them to change their police departments. They just take the money out of something else, you know. Um, it hasn't even compelled any cities to lower the budgets of their police departments or anything like that. So, it, you know, it's or, or to try and even attach like as a as a fucking like market incentive or some fucking thing to attach yeah. these lawsuits to a police budget or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. Or to uh, try to attach them to, uh, uh, you know, an officer's career by actually really punishing any of them ever, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of just like putting them on leave for six months and when the cases are all over, like bringing them back and giving them back pay, you know, like. Yeah. Well, let's continue. Ending qualified immunity is a stated goal of the city of Seattle's 2023 legislative agenda proposed by the mayor, approved by the city council and supported by the majority of the CPC. So, like, great. The thing is, if you're going to get rid of or even significantly reform policing in this country, yeah, you would get rid of qualified immunity. But yeah. doing this this little bullshit is a hand wave that the police commission, the community police commission, and the state legislature and everyone else will get to say, like, ah, ha, ha, uh, we did this thing, you know. And, yeah. and by the end, and we're doubling the police budget, you know. And yeah, yeah. Great. We're, do, we're taking the measured uh, cent- centrist approach here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bullshit. You know, be- you know, it'd be a good, probably like pretty effective way to at least lower the amount of people the police kill is uh, take their guns away. That's something the state could do. Damn. Damn. Say, wild, yeah, wild guns, idea. Sorry. Like, you have to live like most police departments on the planet and just not have Brian, guns. Brian, how are they going to track down the ring of <laughs> catalytic converter thieves without guns? <laughs> the ring of, how are they going to uh, do that? 45 year old men who are wearing the black and white striped shirts and like the black mask or whatever, who are stealing catalytic converters all over Bellevue. Yeah, definitely need a grenade launcher for that. Um, All right, well, let's get on to the next piece of legislation. The second piece of legislation, House Bill 1513, would overhaul the circumstances under which a police officer can initiate a traffic stop. It states that law enforcement should focus on curtailing high risk behaviors such as impaired driving, distracted driving, unrestrained passengers, and speeding, a strategy that has been shown to reduce traffic accidents and fatalities. Going forward, officers would be prohibited from stopping the operator of a vehicle for any non-moving violation, driving with a suspended license, or for any warrant for a misdemeanor, with the exception of a warrant for driving under the influence, a domestic violence violation, or a civil court order. (laughs) So, (laughs) like... Again, like another one of these things that has like a marquee headline, like, oh, we're going to reduce traffic stops because statistically, yeah, they're they're like bad, like Mm -hmm. like the but the rules like it still puts all the power in. It's like they give you give the cops a new rule, like 
the rules are the same as they were, but there's a few tweaks, which means they're looking at the cops and they're saying, and you know, they're like, yeah, well, they're, they're really, they're bending and breaking the rules to be able to pull people over and terrorize them, which is their job, uh, often ending in beating or murder. But, you know, if we change the rules a little, they'll have to make up a new lie to do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the fuck po- are you talking about? Yeah. The po- so basically they're saying like they can't pull people for non-moving violations, which police do all the time. But even now, as it is, they just lie to you and tell tell you they pulled you over for a moving yeah, violation. They can say like, whatever they want. Yeah, I, I tell you, one time I was driving between San Antonio and Lubbock, and I was in West Texas on I ten, which is a, a desolate stretch of road, not a person in sight on the road with me. And uh, I remember having this state trooper pull up next to me, you know, in the lane next to me, look over at me, and then pull behind me, telling the person I'm riding with with 100 percent certainty get out all your stuff, we're getting pulled over, right? We get pulled Mm -hmm. over, and the state trooper informs me, uh, I've been driving too close to the vehicle in front of me, and he can either write me a ticket, or I can allow him to search my car with their dogs, which they had down the road somewhere, searching some other car. There was not another car in sight or anything like that, but the thing is, police lie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when they want to do something, they just make up a reason and lie, uh, which this will do nothing. They will just lie. Moving violations are so varied and vast that it's very simple for police officers to lie and say they pulled you over. You didn't stop enough at the They stop have been sign. empowered to do you that. They are yeah. agents of the law. They can say whatever yeah. the fuck they want and they do and they know and they think of that as their job. They've had fucking 50 years of little rules and like this is how the proper way these are the rights people have to that and they just my god we're talking about a a warrior class of like jackbooted thugs of the state who the whole conversation here has to do with them murdering citizens yeah. okay yeah th- what we began the fuck this- are you talking about <laughs> they don't give a fuck about your little rules we're talking about like the massive like violation of anybody's like quote unquote rights, like ending often in uh, ending in over a thousand murders a year and growing all the time. Like what the fuck do you, what are you fucking talking about? This just the way they're framing this though, is that, well, it's just these traffic stops are (laughs) uniquely specifically statistically like, lead to these tense situations and then you know the the port the police who are just who are doing their job just you know uh things just get out of control and really really want to protect them from these situations that are putting them no they're pulling people over to terrorize and murder them that's what their job is that's yeah. why it happens so much you fucking moron well we began this story began this article right by mentioning that you know five memphis police officers spent half an hour beating a man to death fully aware that they were on film while doing it, laughing, vaping, high-fiving the entire time. Uh, these are not people who are going to see this rule and go, ooh, I'm going to have to change the way I operate <laughs> from here on out. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's rules for a different planet. This, this, these are people not equipped for yeah, it's not the, traffic uh, the struggle stop. at hand. You yeah, know? it's not the traffic stops that are the fucking problem. Like, that's just one venue, one tactic yeah. that police use to do their job. The problem is that like this says like, oh, they won't be able to pull people over for misdemeanor 
warrants or something. The problem is that people have mm. misdemeanor warrants and that we have yeah. a class of uh, Jan- a janissary class of violent psychos out there to enforce uh, the court. Uh, orders regarding petty fucking misdemeanors. Okay, yeah. that's the fucking problem. Yeah, and this basically boils down to literally just that, which is that uh, you know they can't pull somebody over just for having a warrant for a misdemeanor. But if you notice in the language of the bill, it already has carved out exceptions, which is you know exceptions for a warrant for driving under the influence. Notice how it doesn't say that you think the person's driving under the influence. It's just a carve out. There's no reason why it should be there. It's just there because we've decided as a society that drunk drivers are fucking monster people who deserve no rights, right? A domestic violence violation, which again, I mean, people not be, might not be thrilled to hear this, but a domestic violence violation warrant is not a um, moving violation, right? But if you think these carve outs aren't just going to get bigger with every year, that it's not going to add on to them and add Again, on to them and add on to them. Not that they even need to, but they will s- just because they don't like the restriction. Like, you because, know, but fuck, it doesn't even matter. A warrant comes up. They run the plate. A warrant yeah. comes up that there isn't a carve out for a bullshit misdemeanor warrant for fucking parking miss like fucking parking tickets or some shit. And then they pull them over for speeding. Yeah. Which everyone's yeah. doing anyway. And what? Well, they, and if they're not, they'll still do that because because that's the moving violation they can make up out of their their ass, you know. Yeah. Or just saying you didn't use your turn signal sufficiently or whatever, right? Um, but here we go. Officers could still initiate a stop for an equipment failure violation. There you go. That poses a threat to the operator or others, but they would be required to log their reasons for stopping a vehicle oh, and be barred oh. from asking to search the operator, passengers, or the vehicle the itself. Paperwork. Yeah, that'll that'll get them. Yeah. You'll get them on the paperwork like they got Capone, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Unless there's evidence in plain view that establishes reasonable suspicion sufficient to question the operator about an independent criminal offense. So the thing is, like that was that was already the law. First off, like um, reasonable suspicion was already the law for searching your car. The problem is, is that uh, to get a bench warrant on reasonable suspicion literally requires nothing from a police officer. So if you're not aware, if you've never had your your car searched by the police for no reason, uh, if you decide to go the get a bench warrant route, the police will approach that in one of two ways. One is they'll uh, impound your car while they go get the warrant, uh, which, by the way, they're going to search your car and steal everything out of it while it's an impound. And you have to pay, you know, $800 to get it out of impound. Or... Uh, they will make you sit in the back of the car handcuffed while they radio in for the bench warrant. They'll have a judge who just picks up on the radio and the judge will ask him, well, why do you want to search the car? And the police officer will say, "Uh, I smelled marijuana in the car. And the judge will say, go for it. And that'll be the bench warrant. Now they have a right to search your car. There is nothing to the idea that there's some sort of wall called a reasonable suspicion that keeps police from searching you is fantasy that well, is Brian, they have to see it. it has to be in plain sight it has to be in yeah, plain yeah, sight exactly they'll oh. have to make up a different lie <laughs> I know. Brian, a different lie to stretch their authority oh my god what if they had to tell two separate lies i mean that'd be incredible i mean that doesn't even get to the issue of things like drop guns and things like that of uh you know, police search your car. Uh, they really don't like you. They want to arrest you. And next thing you know, your car has cocaine in it or your car has a gun in the trunk. And weird. You don't remember that ever being there. Uh, but now it is. Oops. <laughs> this shit also like, oh, God damn it. Like, 
it's also like okay like even yeah even on their own logic it's just like oh they have like they you still have the it in the power of the cops there to just tell a different lie but like you said like they're they have ways of making you just let them do it or fucking your life anyway yeah but another element is that like this it doesn't this shit doesn't make sense like in our society as it works what is what's the story here that we're telling Mm -hmm. about how we're reforming the police what we're saying is they can't pull over someone with a warrant out for their arrest (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck sense does that make <laughs> what mm-hmm. I, I don't even like look I'm not one to be worried about like optics like that'll piss off conservatives or like like this but it's just it's incoherent you know what I mean yeah. like what like that's not a like if if we should have police and if we should have warrants for misdemeanors which neither of which we should what the fuck sense does it make like so so what like the if if you got a warrant out for you, just stay moving in your car. I don't know, like, like yeah, it's yeah. just it introduces a lot of insane bullshit that'll drive a lot of people crazy. I don't really care about that, but it, it's just like it's fucking incoherent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, it, the it, cops will it'll drive the cops fucking crazy, and they will crow about it. Like, mm-hmm. and it'll make sense, okay? Like, cops go on TV to say like this, you know, uh. This this month alone, the sheriff's King County Sheriff, uh, you know, we ran uh, 107 plates that came up with a warrant that we're not allowed to pull over for. So a judge has issued a warrant for the arrest of this person for some reason, for some crime. Mm-hmm. But we, the police, are not allowed to arrest them. Now, yeah. of course, the answer is these are stupid crimes and arresting people on the highway is a dumb thing to do. But like. It still it doesn't make sense. Like it, it's fucking nonsense. Yeah. Well, you're beginning from the point of view that the police themselves are too violent and unpredictable as individuals to be put in these kind of situations because something bad might happen. Uh, but we also have to keep them for some reason <laughs> and have yeah. to have them keep doing this job. And it's like uh, it sounds like if they can't be trusted to do this basic function of their job because they're so violent and unpredictable, which I agree with, uh, then maybe we should just get rid of them. And, you know, the interesting thing is, again, if you wanted to have just a strict reform approach here that would actually, again, probably solve some of the actual problems we're dealing with, uh, you could just do what almost every other country in the world does, which is enforce moving violations via camera instead of police officers. Mm. You just put speed cameras on the highway and you just mail people tickets like that's what most other countries do. See, this is exactly what I'm saying. The thing they're. The thing that makes sense is to stop enforcing the fucking moving violations. But that's the one thing they're saying. Well, that's what we've got to preserve. Right. Because because with cop brain, you're like, well, like right now in that moment, they were just doing something on the road they shouldn't do. So the cop needs to intervene right there because they're a danger to people on the road. I mean, that's a ludicrous thing because Everyone is a danger on the road all the time. No one can drive. (laughs) Everyone is committing moving violations every single time they drive. And occasionally they're getting pulled Mm -hmm. over for them. So, yeah, the idea that a cop, no, 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 needs to definitely pull them over for speeding right then is is asinine. They're saying, no, preserve that, but get rid of the other stuff. But, yeah, the thing that makes sense and could be just like makes any 
like coherent sense is to drop the fucking moving violation stops and do that with cameras and and like and not get into some weird territory where you're you're giving you're writing into a law something that a, the cops can literally come up and say like look we saw this person with a warrant but it's illegal for us to pull them over and arrest them that's a fucking weird place to be yeah yeah it's ludicrous well let's uh finish this out real quick Significantly, HB 1513 also calls for awarding grants to local initiatives that expand or establish intervention programs for non-moving violations and focus on non-punitive interventions such as helmet voucher programs, fee offset programs, fix-it tickets, and repair vouchers for low-income road users. Police officers have a special obligation to uphold the law in their encounters with the public. Somebody should tell them that when they fail to do their duty, it causes incalculable harm to those who are killed or injured and erodes society's trust in law enforcement as an institution. That, that ship has sailed, homie. Yep. Yeah. No you, shit. So again, that that's what we're that's the object here. OK, mm-hmm. we're trying to rebuild trust in law enforcement. And yeah. that's what this is. That's what this shit is about. Like the the qualified immunity thing, like. Like I said, if anything, it's a fucking optics problem, right? Like it's too obvious. That's why it comes up. Like it's 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 this thing in the law that says right there, like these people are immune, which is why this repeal is being proposed in Olympia. Like it may be that as America continues to break down socially, economically, in every possible way, and police like become ever more and more violent, like even in the face of major protest, it may no longer work to let every one of these murdering pigs walk free behind a badge. Like that mm. was clearly the conclusion or at least the effect of 2020 Chauvin went down, mm-hmm. right? Like he was prosecuted, convicted. And it seems clear that in Memphis, that there was a coordinated decision, maybe going up to the white house of like, the timing and the decision to prosecute these four uh, cops, curiously leaving out some of the white cops who were there. Um, but that's another <laughs> story. Um, uh, and it may be then that going forward, since we know that like nothing's going to be done to actually curb police murder, like that's very clear where we're, we're uh, fund, fund, funding the police and the fucking the deaths are going up every year. Like the last year was the the highest number of people ever killed by police. Like to keep like in that situation, it may be that for the bad apple narrative to continue to be reproduced, like America might actually have to prosecute and jail a few cops here and there for these murders. Um, We maybe we seem to be on track for like around one a year, for every like thousand plus people they kill, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it may be that just in the new reality and going forward, since obviously we're going to double down on police violence, like that's what the whole ruling class wants. That's what the Democrats want. Like, like it's going to, there's going to be a new kind of uh, pressure release valve, if you will, of showing like of having a cop every year, a few cops every couple of years eat the sin of the whole force of pigs in America. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. to show like, oh, look, the system works because it's been 
previously it's been enough to wave it away every time with the uh they were no angel and like oh the cops uh, feared for their lives and this was a tense situation the sort of the cops fucking propaganda and like that may just not work you know so you may have to uh like send a pig up Mm. to the pokey uh once in a while you know Mm. and like nothing will change because of that so one a few cops lives will uh be ruined a few of them will get unlucky be extra stupid you know and Mm -hmm. do and they'll be found like there are people looking out who are the real fucking dumb ones the the bad apples who are also incredibly stupid and get themselves on camera doing really sick shit. You, you're looking for them. That's it's like a pageant now. It's gonna be a pageant now, like every year, like out there looking, combing, combing those, uh, uh, those, those headlines and those uh, body cam footage. You know, looking for the real shit stains who can be the the Christ on the cross for the sins of cops in america for that year you know yeah and i mean you know the desire to prosecute police officers for their crimes is always relative to the social and public pushback uh, to those crimes i mean you know after the riots in los angeles i mean that's what pushed forward the prosecution of some of the uh officers who beat rodney king mm-hmm. right of course on civil rights violations as opposed to what they should have actually gone to jail for but you know whatever um it was the public pushback to you know the u.s activities in vietnam once they became more apparent that led to the you know sort of trial lieutenant cali you know i mean joke as that was and the fact that he was immediately (laughs) ultimately pardoned yeah but you know i mean look the military would have never tried a you know officer for war crimes no matter what level uh if it weren't for the anti-war movement essentially demanding it right and being out in the streets and the military becoming increasingly ungovernable and things like that i mean it's the it's the public and social pressure that forces these things and the reaction in memphis you know the fact that there wasn't a huge outcry about what happened in memphis meaning people weren't in the streets and mass or anything like that means that probably the next video you get they aren't going to arrest the guys or do anything right i mean already in seattle i mean we've the city has decided completely memory hole this hit and run you know <laughs> that happened a couple of weeks ago you know that killed somebody um so you know it, it's the problem is there there is no institutional fix for the institutions like hangmen, right? You know, they are yeah. there to protect the institution, so you can't use the institution against them, right? Ultimately. Um, and it just, it's it's what, when you read this stuff, I mean, it just leaves me not, uh, I'm not enthused having read this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, I don't think anything's going to change. Uh, whether this passes or doesn't pass, I think it's kind of immaterial to the the problem with policing generally. Um, I mean, you uh, know, which to what degree do these to say. people yeah. on the uh, uh, Seattle Community Police Commission understand understand that they're just pawns of like the need to preserve policing in America? I mean, probably they do. Probably that's why they're there. But to to some extent, maybe some people who are excited about this are libs who really would like to reform the police and they think that uh like libs do like it like like your your wig does believe that every little bit helps you know yeah so a little little bit here a little bit there every little drop in the bucket you know we're building something and no that's not true that's not how yeah anything works that's not how things change you can 
lose you can win a hundred battles and lose a war okay like that it's the war that matters you know like all this little bit doesn't help all of this that you're proposing here in olympia and that these people are uh crowing about in the times here is will be easily metabolized now okay counterpoint possible counter scenario here maybe we're wrong maybe reform is possible maybe abolition isn't necessary because a possible effect of these things both of them are pretty good on this level is it will they will drive police departments out of their fucking mind sure yeah they'll drive the cops out of their mind on the like who oh they're giving us these rules about who we can pull over even though they have warrants and then they'll they'll really the unions will be losing their shit about this bullshit change to to um qualified immunity that's not really substantive obviously that's never really going to come up meaningfully um it'll you know this whole thing will mean and billing an extra hour for the lawyers on each case you know mm-hmm. to deal with this new hiccup you know um but it'll try they'll it'll drive them nuts and like the one thing we've seen the one thing that has come out of uh seemingly at least temporarily come out of 2020 and this the sort of sea change over the last few years with our society relative to, you know, the police is it's sucking more and more to be a cop and <laughs> and less and less people want to do it. And like, this is gonna, yeah, the, the police themselves are going to go nuts about this kind of shit and talk to them and work themselves up about how this fucks us, how this puts us in danger, how this makes it hard to do our job, how the job isn't the job anymore. And a few more of them might quit. Now, I'm joking, really. I don't think, but we've we've talked about this, like, as like, is this, does this lead somewhere? Like, I, like if that if this continues to happen, I, this could potentially contribute to that. But like, is that yeah. how we get rid of cops? Do we just like, does society just hate them more and more and their jobs just slowly suck so much that eventually like you can't staff this shit? Yeah, I mean, you know, it is interesting. I mean, we, we've talked on the show before that the, you know, the hardships that cities are having and filling their open, you know, roster spots on their police departments has nothing to do with, like, money or anything like that. That it, it literally is this sort of animosity in the culture war that has driven police officers insane. But it's this combination. I mean, police officers used to be built of a little bit tougher stuff. But post-2001, you know they really came to believe when they stole all the firefighter valor right Mm -hmm. in in 2001, right? They really came to believe that, that part of their job is that they're supposed to be worshiped by everybody at all times. And people did for a little bit, you know, and you know, they call every time all the time is on a plane and Mm -hmm. they see someone in a service uniform, get on and have everyone stand, you know, they don't do this anymore, but like, you know, for like a decade, everyone stood up, clapped and like people offered the, the guys in their, those ugly uh, camo fatigues, Mm -hmm. uh, their seats in first class or whatever on every plane, because there are so fucking many of them, there was one or two cops sitting, watching that. And all of them were thinking, you know, all I would have to do is stand up and flash my badge and, and they would all clap for me. Yeah, you know, yeah, they would. But I, you know what? That's we don't wear the uniform in our off hours like these guys yeah, yeah. do. You know, that's not how it works. So and then over time, that slowly perverted to where after a few years, they they got a, a doubt. Like, would they? Would they? 
stand up and well, clap. And then now, now they're fully, it's totally transformed. Like they should all stand up and clap for me and give me their seat in first class. But God damn it. I know they wouldn't The ingrateful fucks. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think that they, you know, the mass protests and stuff against policing, the sort of having to face criticism for the first time in a lot of their careers and things like that. Uh, it shook a lot of police officers. And what I yeah. say by they used to be a tougher stuff was uh, police used to be more criticized in this country, <laughs> you yeah. know, and police officers were used to that sort of criticism on some level. But, you know, I, I really do think that uh, we're just in a different place in the culture war. Now, does that mean that we'll eventually ridicule the police? I mean, of course not. Obviously, no, not. no. Uh, it, this, too, will be metabolized. Yeah, like, yeah. like it, the thing is, like, what, what are they ultimately around for? Like, ultimately, really d- deep down, they're around for labor discipline. Yeah. OK, they're they're for keeping order among a sea of uh, exploitable workers. When if if. Whatever happens in the future, like, first of all, there's still plenty of them to do their fucking job. No one. That's not a problem. We have way yeah. too many fucking cops even to do the job of terrorizing poor people and workers. Right. Like, so it's fine. OK. But if you ever see like what we'd want, might like to see what we might, you know, um, Pray to the old gods and the new four, uh, which is like sustained uh, militant uh, labor upheaval in this country. The libs will be begging the cops to come yeah. back. They'll be lining up for them again. They will be clapping for them on planes if they agree to go in and crack the heads of fucking unionized strikers. You know, like like some you know, all of this will right itself. Um, yeah, absent yeah. any any real change. In in the hands whose hands are on the levers of power, you know. Yeah, and the reality is the police are just going to become, you know, some of the weaker ones will fall away, perhaps, but uh, the ones that stay are just going to become meaner and yeah. more disaffected and like more hateful towards the people they police. Which all cops hate the fucking people that they police, the cities they police, and the people they police. Like, and they'll just become more hateful to them and all that yeah, kind of shit. Just a and, new era, a new era of police yeah. where maybe well, you can't hire as worse many. Than they ever were. But, well, but, but, but you're maybe t- you find a different way to recruit and they are the same. Or, But maybe they just occupy a different, an older a place more like they did 60 years ago, which is like, like the police were like, you thought of police, most people thought of police like you would think like, of, of the medieval soldier, like the scum of humanity that who mm. is serving a purpose to someone in power, you know, like, and now they'll become that again, but with more equipment, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the thing that you hit the nail on the head earlier too, is that there's a lot of cops in America and yeah, the basic model at this point, it's kind of like the military budget where every year, every city has to have more cops and more money for them, right? That's that's the model we've been following for 40 years, is we got to bloat the department every year. And there really is just like a holding capacity. You got to pop like, a bubble. It's a bubble. Yeah, there's only this so is a correction. many... This is a market yeah. correction. Yeah, exactly. There's only so many people that are willing to do this shit, right? And so, you know, part of the problem isn't that like, oh my God, we're running out of cops. I mean, the real issue is there's just so many fucking... Like, there probably just needs to be less cop positions right like if you yeah. were actually trying to from you know a city planner you know governor or the governor mayor perspective right from you know if you're actually trying to fix this issue so you didn't have to hear about it anymore reducing the number of police officers in the department would help but the problem is 
we've been in this 40 year cycle where you can't do that. And it's kind of like the one of the things that would probably fix a lot of problems to the Defense Department is to lower the budget. Like, and this is not even like an anti-war position. These are like, there's lots of like very pro-war advocates for this of like, we should reduce oh, yeah. the Defense Department budget because currently we give them too much money for them to even know what to do with. It, it creates, you know, all these runoff problems and things like that. If we reduce the budget, we could actually reduce, we, we could focus in on things that we actually need to do, blah, 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 right? Um, you know, th- those are things that like, real sort of uh professional class managers of a society might think of but uh obviously <laughs> that, that ship sailed 40 years ago in the US. right but like if this if the we, next, if we might have hit maximum cost though you if know this continues and like the we might be able to reset that like mm-hmm. everyone will crow oh like you'll hear this like ah oh, the fucking well, we can't retain police we can't oh we're offering bonuses we can't our cops we have less and less and people bitch about it for years and like maybe it'll bring down a mayor's one term across the country Mm. like eventually the thing people care about will shift they'll be able to point like like even now they're they're touting like the their crime statistics are getting better like oh we have um one less murder a year uh and uh we have even shoplifting's down um and so there is a way really to while all the while they're saying, yeah, but but we're throwing those bonuses at so they get to say we're trying, we're not, we're throwing mm. the money at them. And if they can't in the end, eventually, if you get through a cycle of this, like a full like term or something as a mayor, where like you'll set you could set a new normal in your life, and if it ever comes up again, um, like, well, you know, we have less police than we did uh four years ago, and eventually you might be able to get to a point where you say, Yes, but you know what? What we've done is actually just improve the efficiency of our officers like with some of the equipment mm-hmm. we bought and like and you know, as you can see, it's worked. Our number our uh our the crime stats are looking good. And you do that at a moment when that happens to be true. And in the nor in the random fluctuations that yeah, we yeah. talked about a few weeks ago that you can spin into fifty percent drops and or rises and whatever. And and it gets metabolized that way. And, you know, if, if the Chamber of Commerce and like real estate get the message, then, you know, you can set an, a new level there uh, for yeah. another few years. And then maybe it goes up again. Maybe it never goes up again. Maybe you just, yeah, there's a ma- there's max peak cop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from a city management perspective, the trajectory, particularly peace budget, police budgets is like not sustainable. You know, like you, you, it just can't keep inflating at the rate it's inflating. I mean, you know, we're really on a course for police budgets to be like 100 percent of the city budget at some point. And, you know, uh, despite what people think, uh, you do have to pay for other things in the city for the city to function just on a day to day level. You know, what a what a bizarre like turn of like political reality you know a bunch of people get out in the street and say defund the police because it's this very obvious thing because it is wholly unsustainable where you have cities like seattle where the police budget is literally 50 percent of the fucking expenditure and people push back and then run against that and say no 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 we got to fund it more but probably a lot of those people know like bruce harrell knows like yeah this is probably insane like he yeah, yeah. probably knows like yeah this is fucking crazy wouldn't it be great if we could bring down the police budget? But like, it's the dialectic, man. You know, yeah, like, uh, crazy. These things will clash together, and at the end, we'll come out with like, uh, yeah, maybe a new level of normal policing budgets that's 
45% of municipal <laughs> budgets and not rising for the next 10 years or something, you know? Yeah. Well, the future looks bright. What can we say? Uh, well, Greg, I hear Sam Smith's voice in the distance calling me, calling me to midnight mass. Uh, should we close the books on this one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Hey, if you haven't been already, keep listening to or start listening or do whatever, but listen to Ending the Myth. Uh, we have a very special episode coming up this week with a very special guest. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit of movies. So we brought somebody in from the movie industry itself. They've worked on the Fast and the Furious franchise, Interstellar, uh, too many movies, Atomica, too many movies to mention. Uh, but we have a very special guest. Uh, make sure that you come in and check it out. I'm not going to say that the name's Tom Hardy, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right. Wow. Um, wow. Big get. Big get. Exactly. Uh, Venom oh, himself. You, what, you, what did you have to sell to Satan standing in a salt <laughs> circle to uh, to pull this one off? Uh, Greg, uh, that's what I'm about to go find out here <laughs> in just a minute uh, at Midnight Mass. But uh, so check that out. That'll be coming out this Sunday. Uh, stay tuned. All right. Uh, otherwise, uh, I don't think we have any new patrons. Everybody do better. Give us some new patrons and we'll see you all next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.